Sports, it's a universal language and I found that uh, being able to do these things has opened up uh, relationships mm -hmm. for me. Like I develop mm -hmm. friendships, I develop an appreciation of the Canadian culture, like even the kids, they develop friendship. And I have friends uh, till today that I, we became friends as a result of our children being involved in the same activity. Mm -hmm. It helped me socially to, to connect, to understand, to speak the language. Like Greetings, everyone. The pod class is now officially in session. And we're your hosts, Matt. And Carly. And welcome to our series, School Sport for All, a series looking at the importance of school sport for people from a variety of backgrounds. Each episode, we speak with different guests to understand the impact of school sport from their unique perspectives. Today, we are joined by Wua and Ore to talk about sport as a diving board into Canadian culture. Wura was born in Nigeria and immigrated to Canada about 20 years ago. Wura is an accountant by day and a wife and a mother of two teenagers. Sports became an integral part of her transition to Canada as she has been involved in over 10 different sports with her family, including ballet, swimming, skiing, skating, Aikido, and in the last four years, basketball. Ori is a grade 12 student who comes from a Nigerian background. She has a very creative mind and artistic side. She started expressing her creativity through movement and dance and then slowly fell in love with playing basketball. She has learned many valuable lessons through sport and plans on pursuing a degree in dentistry. Before we get going today, we both would like to acknowledge the land that we're sitting on today and speaking to you from. So in the spirit of respect, reciprocity and truth, we honor and acknowledge Mokinstis and the traditional Treaty 7 territory and oral practices of the Blackfoot Confederacy, including Siksika, Kainai, Kani. Pagan, as well as the Stony Nakoda and Sutina nations. We acknowledge that this territory is home to the Métis Nation of Alberta Region 3. And we also would like to acknowledge all the other cultures that are coming to us today from different backgrounds across the world. We recognize that this is a podcast based on diversity and culture. And so we acknowledge all the multiple cultures coming and listening today. And I'd like to acknowledge with gratitude that the land in which I'm learning and sharing today is the unceded territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and tsleil nations. I'd like to pay my respect to their elders past and present. And I'd also like to extend that respect to all Indigenous people that may be listening here along with us today. My name is Wura, and uh, so I, I was born in Nigeria, and I moved to Canada like 20 years ago. I, <laughs> yeah, it's been like a long journey. I've... Uh, basically grew up in Canada, let's put it that way, because I came when I was in my like, kind of like mid-20s. And so I've lived in Canada for 20 years. I'm an accountant uh, by day. I love numbers because numbers tell stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I have two kids. Uh, Ori is my first and I have another boy who is um, 14. And we got involved in sport like at an early like when when I started having kids, I've had to grow grow up with them because my background, being born in Nigeria, I wasn't involved in organized sport. Like you know, we had sport at school, but once you get home, you you just go out and play. We had good good weather, right? So you you go out and play. There was no like basketball or you know have specific friends that you play with just like whoever is available when you're back from school <laughs> yeah so yeah so really I, I i got involved with uh sport when I, my kids uh, 
started growing up and I saw like in school you need to have certain skills you're invited to birthday parties and it's like a swimming party or it's a skating party <laughs> so really that's how we we got involved in sports my name is Ore I'm 17 um, but for me I found love of sports through the arts actually so like I've always been very creative, musical, etc. So first um, we did ballet and then figure skating, and I found those were a way to like connect the way I like to be active and then also artistic expression. And it wasn't until like maybe grade six that I did sports that were less of an artistic focus. I switched to track and field, and then later basketball. You're following that, and I've definitely found a lot of friends and made uh, relationships with people that I wouldn't have otherwise and they're some of my most cherished friends I've found over time yeah 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 that's so cool that's so cool guys and so much um yeah in there already just in in your introductions about um the role of sport and the impact of sport and I remember where you were talking about last time we spoke you were talking a little bit about the you know nuances of coming to Canada it reminded me of this story that I just heard my roommate's South African and you talk about like swimming parties and all these things where you just show up and throughout the podcast and throughout the time we'll talk a little bit about and hopefully get some funny stories from from your experience as well but so this South African roommate, her mom was over recently and she tells me about her transition, you know, to Canada and says that uh, when they were first here, there was like this, this big party, you know, and everybody was going to a pool party. And but the, the mom sent out messages to all the parents to say, hey, it's a pool party. So don't forget your thongs. I see where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) All these parents are calling the mom and saying, Oh, what kind of party is this? So I thought that would be a good segue into. Oh, no. (laughs) So maybe on 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 that note, um, Carly and I had a, a fun question to kind of to start things off with. We're um, we're really curious to hear about your early involvement in sport. And so, going back and thinking about some of your early involvement in sport, or you already talked a little bit about sport in um, in Canada. I love that artistic connection with sport, and then f- track and field and basketball. Um, so, if you can think of maybe an early memory or even like a, a special memory of sport that you hold dear. Um, it could be funny, it could be serious, whatever. But what, what kind of memories come to mind when you think about some of your early introductions into sport? I think a good one that I remember is um, going to visit a friend. And um, it was just the mom that was home. So like, okay, where where is the rest of the family? And she told me that, oh, they are out on a bike ride. And so I said, why are you not there with them? And she said, oh, I don't know how to ride a bike. And at that point, I was nearly married to and no kids. So I, I don't know how to ride a bike because that is, is 
stereotypical thing like you know girls don't know how to ride bikes at least from the part of country where i came from and so i saw this lady missing out on quality time because she couldn't participate in an activity with her family because of the lack of skill mm -hmm. so i made up my mind then and there that this would never happen to me that and so i learned how to ride a bicycle my husband actually taught me how to ride bicycles so today when we go out as a family together i always remember that story that this lady <laughs> influenced me uh because of a lack of skill like so and I've, my my i have four siblings i've convinced one well I've, one has managed to learn how to ride a bicycle the others are still struggling You're working on it, <laughs> <They're> working <laughs> on it. <laughs> oh, i know for me growing up um my um so i grew up with an older brother and i had three male cousins that lived a couple blocks away from our house and we used to every saturday and sunday go over to my cousin's house and play street hockey and all the neighborhood kids would come and play and it was i have so many fond memories of that because it brought just like our community of kids together um it was so much fun and to this day all of us that played are still connected. Um, we've just had this lifelong friendship that started in the back alley playing, you know, Canada's favorite sport, playing hockey. So um, I think I was the only girl there that played. Um, so it was um, made me who I am today because I had to learn to be a little tougher and step up my game because I was playing with all the boys. But it was really fun. I have so many fond memories in that back alley. Mm. Oh, that's so cool. We've been working with this theme through the last couple of podcasts about like um, uh, movement as connection, right? And like this idea where how the simple act of movement works as this amazing, you know, field of, of connection, right? Or, and it's so, it's so funny we're elicited to that story. Um, and you've said that before too, and I really love it. it. My one of my kind of fond memories of sport is similar as well, learning to ride a bike. And I was telling Carly this before we started, but my grandma taught me how to ride a bike, and it was um, in Chilliwack, uh, BC, small small town that I grew up in. Grew up on this big um, hazelnut farm, and so we had lots of you know driveway and pavement and barns and stuff. And my grandma would, uh, she, she helped raise me and, you know, kind of every, every week and stuff. So she was really involved in my life. And, and all she did was continually tell me to get back up on this bike. So she would kind of put me on and then just push and I'd, I'd go a little bit and then I'd fall and then I'd cry a little bit and then I'd come back and she'd say, oh, just get on again and, you know, do it again. And she just stood in, you know, perfect hair perfect pink dress, everything, you know, that I don't know what those suits were, were in, but she was well-dressed, shoes, everything put together. And then she just said, no, go again. No, do it again. You can do this. And eventually with a couple bruises and scratches, I learned how to ride a bike. But it was this funny thing where it's like, that's, that's the memory, you know? My, some of my earliest memories were um, learning how to skate. In my own mind, I like to think that I was always good at skating, but that definitely wasn't like the case at first. I remember distinctly when I was first learning, I only knew how to skate using one foot. So I would only 
with my right leg and then I just they just be like you're supposed to be just push with both feet I'm like I just can't do it I have to use that one foot <laughs> so I remember like going around the whole ring just with the one foot and my foot would get tired but like <laughs> I couldn't use both feet and I guess eventually I figured it out and I was able to skate better but um it was yeah. definitely an interesting experience trying to figure that out and I, I remember how I couldn't stand the sight of her seeing her fall. You know, like initially they would learn how to stand and then skate. And I couldn't, I couldn't stand that. So that would always take her for practice. And once she figured out how to stand and then uh, skate, then I started taking <laughs> her. That's really funny. Well, where I wanna, I wanna zoom in a little bit to what you're talking about in that that learning how to ride experience, right? Like you had a line there where you're talking about it's it's not a very typical or common thing for women necessarily from from your background to know how to ride a bike, right? I'm curious within that, what was it like, like in your transition, even coming to Canada, not necessarily just with sport, but what was that experience like for you? Well, it was um, it was exciting because you know I came to to join my husband, and so the idea of you know being together was exciting. And but then once I started uh, settling down, finding work, and then uh, relating with people, it was challenging. I remember <laughs> the first conversation I had on the phone. I was scared because like I'm like I'm not gonna hear what you're saying because I couldn't pick the accent. And, uh, and so, but gradually, like, you know, I got like used to, okay, understanding the Canadian accent. And then at work as an accountant, it was easy for me because I didn't uh, deal with people a lot. It was just me buried in my books. But I had a job for like eight months that I had a very wonderful colleague that helped me in transitioning. Like we would have conversation around, oh, did you watch the amazing race today? And I'll be like, what, what is that? <laughs> and then I'll go back home and, you know, like check yeah. what is amazing race so that the next time I come back to work, I can have a conversation around the amazing race. <laughs> right. So, and then gradually I started making friends. One thing that I remember that was interesting is even being able to um, recognize people like the facial features look the same to me. And mm. so, you see people that are people that I've met before that have introduced themselves to me. I will reintroduce myself because I couldn't tell them apart because they all looked <laughs> the same to me. So yeah. And also learning about like, you know, the Canadian culture, you know, we would go like at the end of the week, people would ask, like, so what are you doing for this weekend? And I'll be like, um, I don't know. <laughs> but I realized over time that that was like, you know, normal conversation so I, I would anticipate that I would get asked the question of what are you doing for the weekend and I have to like be able to come up with an answer or plan something for the weekend or just be like no I don't have anything <laughs> I'm just gonna chill at home yeah they'd always be like yeah we're going on a ski trip we're all going to Nikiska and we're gonna do yeah like, I'll be chilling at home drinking some hot chocolate like, yeah <laughs> these big extravagant plans yeah we we live for the weekends over here right it's a little probably a little bit different <laughs> yeah, and the weather too right because you know you take it for granted where i come from the weather is relatively the same but here as soon as it's uh winter then you change your activities right if it's summer you go away you go on vacation if it's winter then you get into winter sports 
And you know, people would ask me, like, "Oh, what uh, winter sport do you play?" And I'll be like, um... <laughs> "You're probably like, what are the winter sports? I've never been exposed to those." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because at home, like, I'm just kind of curious too, because we do have you know the different seasons here and different sports for each season. What was your experience with seasons at home in Nigeria, or did you have any experience with different seasons and sports? Not really, because like I said, the weather is relatively the same. We would have like rain, raining season, and then we have the hamatan season, which is like the coldest that we have. And so, really, that didn't affect life to an extent. It's just like okay, you dress a little bit warmer, like when it's cold, which is cold. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> cardigan or sweater, and but life still goes on like normal. We didn't have. Maybe the rain would prevent you from doing things that you would normally do. But other than that, like nothing changes for us. Life is just normal. And it's more humid. And Ore, what was um, your experience growing up in Canada, coming from a family that maybe didn't have like long roots in Canada? You know, your mom and dad are newer to Canada. What was like growing up for you and as a young child? Yeah, so I found the main thing was just relating to friends about things they would talk about. Like, for example, music was a big thing. They'd be like, oh, my mom listens to this artist all the time, or this is my favorite old song. And I'd be like, I have um, old Nigerian worship music that I know. that you would know and um yeah so it was hard to relate on that and then with sports as well like my parents didn't know how to skate I don't think they still don't know how to skate or they didn't know how to swim at first at least not as much as other people's parents do and like when I was whatever I would be playing a sport or something like they wouldn't necessarily know like the terms or the relate things related to it so or else other people could like practice with their parents or they could take them to the gym or something and they could go play basketball or something like that um, I wasn't able to do that so I'd have to do it on my own or just mostly focus on the time we were there so I mean over I found that over time they've kind of learned with us like what I remember when I first started basketball, I'd be like, our coach um, told us that we need to focus more on those rebounds. And she'd be like, rebound? What does that even mean? (laughs) So she came to like more games. She's like, oh, that person traveled. What are they doing? (laughs) Or like, let's call that. And uh, over time, she she learned with us and uh, it's not too bad to adjust after that. So you found your mom really got into it and found it like, you know, exciting and fun to watch and along the way was learning along with you. That's really cool. Did you find yourself really, once you started playing sports and kind of saw how you could connect with other people, other kids through sport, because like you were saying, it was tougher maybe with music or other things. Did you find yourself really kind of gravitating to sport because of that? I would say so. Yeah. Like, it gave us something that you didn't really have to have the same cultural background to understand each other or get it, like how to interact or have something to connect you. But like with so many other things, like even food and clothing and interests, it would be hard if we didn't have that sort of connection. Hmm. So it's almost like the the one common denominator, right? Yeah. It's a universal language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's really cool 
it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's going to take some time before, you know, we get all of our Canadian brothers and sisters up to date with Davido and, you know, YC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Carly. I'm naming Nigerian artists. Artists. Yeah. <laughs> Just something I do on my spare time. Yeah. <laughs> I loved what you said about um, how you said you're naturally maybe not like you first didn't gravitate towards sport was more towards art and how you kind of tied in that creative artistic side. And, you know, you spoke about like ballet and skating. I just think I've, I've never really thought about it that way, but that's so neat that you made that connection as a small child to like tie in your, your love of art into sport. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could just kind of speak to that a little bit more. Like, how did you first make make that connection? Well, I found it came from when I was little, being the stereotypical, like, princess loving and pink and all those extra stereotypically feminine things. Uh, like, I would see I'd see things on TV. My favorite show when I was, like, maybe four or five was An- Angelina Ballerina. And so I wanted to, like, be, like, the characters I saw on TV. And I always thought it was super cool, the things that they were doing. So like when I was five or something, my mom like signed me up for ballet. And I thought it would be cool, like how I could see what people were doing and know what that was. Like when I was seeing on TV, especially that became true for figure skating because I figure skated for like four-ish years or something like that. And um, during that time, I would, I would watch the Olympics and I'd see the uh, skating. And I'd be like, oh, I can do that spin, or I know what that jump is called. And it was an encouraging for me to be able to see someone do what I was able to do. And um, the way that they could express themselves, I thought it was really cool. Like, you could see someone from anywhere in the world and understand, like, what they're trying to do based off of their sport. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I, I love that aspect of you know, you, you're almost talking about this, uh, like those gender roles or stereotypes growing up that, you know, Barbie this, Barbie that, whatever that may be, and how that almost evolves, right? And then sport becomes this interest that grows out of that. And I just reminded by the story where you shared at the beginning with, with riding a bike. So I'm, I'm curious, maybe expanding on that a little bit more, the role kind of of sport were for yourself in Nigeria, and then how that, you know, how that almost changed or if it changed coming to Canada? Not a lot, because if we want to talk about sports in terms of organized sport, that only happened in school. So we would have inter-house sports events. Uh-huh. We have like, um, you know, houses competing against each other. So we would have like, uh, I think I only, the event that stands out in memory is high jump. And so, yeah, I was involved in a high jump and I remember hurting myself and that was the end of my uh, career in high jumping. <laughs> but when I got, when I moved to Canada, I saw more possibilities because emphasis in Nigeria for me growing up was more on academics. So you you go to school, you study and that's what is expected of you. Sports is more like recreational. There is no career path in being involved in sports Hmm. but coming to Canada I saw opportunities to be involved irrespective of age because that's the Mm -hmm. other thing like in back home sports was more of like a kid's thing Hmm. but in Canada you have 
people of all ages involved in sports. I remember when I first signed up uh, to play with a female soccer group, my husband's like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're going to hurt yourself. They've been playing since they're young and you're not going to fit in. And I said, no, I, I want to you know, make friends. I want to connect with these people. Uh, unfortunately, did. I hurt myself. <laughs> And so that uh, didn't go anywhere, but I didn't let that stop me. I I learned how to swim, and I remember going for swimming for six weeks. And in six weeks, I learned how to swim. And I remember the the instructor telling me that, oh, you know what you've learned in six weeks is what kids learn for six years. Wow! And I felt really encouraged about that, and I signed up for the next class again because. I was happy and I saw the possibility of, okay, even though I didn't grow up knowing uh, how to swim or any other things that um, uh, sporting activity that I wanted to involve in, I saw the possibility that age is not a barrier. I can do it if I put my mind to it. And that has been my approach with like skiing. I signed up for skiing too. I think we all signed up for skiing yeah, as, as a family. Yeah, uh, her brother did snowboarding, and then uh, me and my husband we did skiing. And you know, we along the way we picked up all these skills because we see it's available. And if um, you have the interest, there's nothing stopping you mm-hmm. from learning. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so. It's so cool to listen to. I think just hearing your stories of, you know, getting in the pool and riding a bike and, you know, skiing and skating and playing soccer and injuring yourself. And through all of that, like, how did that even support that transition? Like at the beginning, you talked about language and you talk about, you know, some of those barriers. So how do all these sporting activities maybe assist in in transitioning to this new culture? Like I already said, it's been, it's sports, it's a universal language. And I found that uh, being able to do these things has opened up uh, relationships mm-hmm. for me. Like people like um, taking my kids to, to sporting events or practices. I develop mm-hmm. friendships. Uh, I've like, you know, we would have a carpooling arrangement going on because of you know talking to somebody during practice and we realize that oh we live in the same area like oh why don't i take your kid this week and you know so i I develop friendships i develop an appreciation of the canadian culture like vacations for me took up a new meaning like Mm. i don't have to go somewhere exotic to enjoy vacation uh pd days Mm-hmm. I, I found that PD days that naturally people would sign their kids up for a sporting activity. activity and I'm like, oh, okay, from talking to people, you you would have them say, oh, is your son doing this because this is what my son is doing? And even the kids, they develop friendship. And I have friends uh, till today that I, we became friends as a result of our children being involved in the same activity. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah, so it helped me socially to to connect to understand, to speak the language. Like you can converse at a different level. You can watch games. You can watch, like it, it has just helped me to uh, to talk about things that are not necessarily like yeah. work related and, you know, be able to socialize with strangers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you touched on so many different kind of skills that you can 
learn through sport that um, or help you transition in a community, connect with the, you know, your, your neighbors. How do you think some of these skills that or some of the skills your daughter is learning through sport is going to help her kind of transition through life? Okay, so there's this book that my husband read. It's called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. From that book, uh, we, he read like, you know, the different research that um, were con- studies that were conducted that uh, showed how sports um, help kids succeed in life. So basically, you practice. When you practice, uh, practice helps you to to master skills, and sports is a natural way of doing that. So we had that in mind when we, we were deliberating putting our kids into sport because we knew that. So for example, resilience is something that you can learn from sports. If you can develop that, you would tra- that translates to other areas of mm-hmm. your life. So and I see that in her academics already. Like you know, she can sit down and focus. Uh, for hours and get our work done. Time management is one mm-hmm. other thing too, because throughout um, being in high school in an academically challenged uh, program like IB, she's been able to manage her time well. So she plays, uh, she 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 played basketball, as well as you know do academics, do assignments, and she's been able to manage her time well with that. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it's because of sports. Teamwork is a huge one too, like. In the last four years, we were deliberate in putting them in uh, team, team sports because we wanted them to learn collaboration, uh, leadership. And I see that play out also like um, in school, like even in some of other activities that she's uh, involved in outside of work, she's been able to to manage uh, her relationship well mm-hmm. as a result of being in sports. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. There's so many great nuggets there are so many things that you you know you've picked up through sports and you felt like would really help your kids transition and I'm just wondering too for you or a like is there anything that you kind of really felt that you I guess learned kind of on your own from sport that you skills specifically that maybe you thought oh wow like I'm I'm going to be able to you know use this skill for for the rest of my life but something that you specifically learned from sport um, one thing for sure was um, discipline, being able to be dedicated to something even when you don't want to be there. Like I, there were lots of really tough basketball practice, like especially when I first started club because I only did um, school basketball at first. But I started club in grade eight, I think, or something like that. And um, most people were um, doing it since they could hold the basketballs and before they could like walk some of them. (laughs) And there was a lot of catching up to do. Sometimes that felt really tough. And we had like an hour and a half of just running and push-ups and sit-ups and drills and all that. And like so, and for a while, I just didn't want to go, but like I just kept forcing myself to to go, you even with no my option. parents' encouragement, because they're like, "You you gotta you gotta keep going to this thing." And over time, I saw improvement. I'd be able to do things better, and like coaches would like notice. Seeing the way my hard work like started to pay off hmm. definitely is encouraging in other areas, especially like academics. Like knowing if I don't understand something at first, if I focus and um, dedicate myself to it, even if I'm not enjoying it, that I can see a reward come out of it. Hmm. That's great. 
Wow, that's that's so cool. I'm interested. Like that, that's so so many skills that that came out of there. And in mm-hmm. um, our first podcast, we spoke with two ex uh, Dino University of Calgary um, women's basketball players that I played with when I was out there as well. And we just talked about like so many skills that come out of the sporting world, right? Like discipline or and like time management and emotional regulation, relationship mm-hmm. awareness, right? And I'm curious, Wura, like, was that a surprise? Like in your transition from, you know, Nigeria coming to Canada, did you know that sport could offer so many tangible skills? Not at all, because like I said, my... <laughs> My involvement in sports was very limited. I didn't see the connection. Like growing up for me, sports was recreational. It was actually not encouraged because it was the emphasis from the culture was academics. You're successful in your academics, then you will be successful in life. Mm-hmm. But coming to Canada and, you know, like I said, growing up with my kids, literally with them being involved in sports, reading and seeing people's perspective and seeing even role models like like Tori um alluded to, like you know, you watch Olympics and you see people that like, oh, they are first time appearing in Olympics and they've been practicing since they were six. And you're like, wow, like hard work pays off, right? I I was encouraged and uh, determined that I wanted that for my kids Mm. because I know they had the disadvantage of, you know, well, maybe not a disadvantage. They didn't have an advantage of parents that understood things like like that that they we can offer them. But like being involved in sports, you have the opportunity of coaches speaking into your life, encouraging you, seeing opportunities or even skills that you uh, you don't necessarily know you have. So, for example, like when we transitioned to uh, from we they were involved in track and field, mm-hmm. and we saw that you know they were fast. Like her brother is really fast, and you know it was from talking to someone that they said you know the skill of being fast you can actually harness that in in soccer or in basketball. And we decided he played soccer for a while, but we decided that you know being fast actually works better with basketball because you're developing other skills other than just running chasing after a a soccer ball so that's how we decided to put the two of them in in basketball they have like i'm not surprised because i expected it based on what i've read that this is how being involved in sports that can translate into other areas of your life so yeah my role was just to make sure that they were focused and you know drive them to events even though it was challenging at times because you know sometimes it would be three or four times a week that you had to to take them to practices but my focus was i want them to get this and i was there to support them and their role was to stay (laughs) involved they had no choice Yeah, that's amazing. I, um, I'm i just kind of curious too, for you, Wura, like growing up, I know you spoke about your experience, like wanting to learn to ride a bike and it was typically maybe not something a female would do. But if you get like, what kind of sparked that internal fire in you to want to kind of participate in riding a bike or sports? Like, did you have any kind of support from parents or like, how did that start for you? I'm just kind of curious. I had an experience back when I was 10. So growing up, I had a tricycle. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I, I remember that I had a tricycle and then I grew old, too old for a tricycle, of course. And so that was not an, an option for me anymore. And so when I turned 10, my grandfather asked me what I wanted for a birthday gift. And I wanted a bicycle. And I told my mom that, oh, I'm going to tell granddad that I want a bicycle. And my mom discouraged me because she felt that was too expensive of a gift to ask my grandfather for. I got a wristwatch instead. <laughs> <laughs> so and so coming to Canada, I guess that experience with me visiting a friend and as an adult, she couldn't participate with the rest of the family because she didn't have the skill. I didn't want that to happen to me. I'm the kind of a person that when I see something, like I, I want to learn from other people's experience. I don't want to learn from my own experience, like a negative experience. So when I saw that, that that was a limitation for her, I made up my mind. And that's my approach to life. Like If I see something as a limitation and I can do something about it, why would I just resign myself to like, this is it. I'm not going to do anything about it. If I have the opportunity to change that, I'm always driven to, to take steps to, to not make that my story. Mm-hmm. You sound like a very determined individual. I love it. Like you have all those kind of attributes that an athlete would have, like a little competitive, determined. You're like, you're not going to tell me what I'm going to do. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think that describes me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I I wonder if there's kind of even just teasing out some of those maybe gender stereotypes as well. And like, or a for yourself growing up and did you move away from, I guess, more common female sports or things like that? Like, was that ever a tension or something that you had to navigate? Hmm. I didn't feel really um, pressured to go one way or the other. I found specifically when I switched from ballet to figure skating, the reason why I had wanted to do that is I had a few friends in school who were um, figure skating. They were all girls, but like that, I didn't even really think about the fact that I didn't know any really any guys. But when I started figure skating, I actually found that there were a few guys at the club that I was in, even though it was um, a mostly female-dominated sport. The switch from more stereotypically female-dominated um, sports to um, sports that are more co-ed or even more males in the sport, I didn't find it came from any specific pressure. It just kind of happened naturally. I feel like maybe it's even those are more popular here or more funded. Because mm-hmm. like let me switch to track and field. It wasn't that I thought, oh, I should stop skating because skating is for like little girls or anything. I just thought I, I actually like uh, had Achilles tendonitis. So I had to stop doing that for a bit. And then when we switched, we're like, hmm, maybe we should consider track and field instead. Cause that's what I was doing in school at the time. Hmm. Uh, that's really cool. So I'm curious if there were any cultural barriers for, for Ore and, and for world like that you guys even noticed it could be with sport, but, but just cultural barriers in general coming to Canada. Uh, I know for in sports, a big thing, well, it wasn't like a huge thing, but it was like a smaller thing I noticed was even like getting gear. Like when I started um, ballet and figure skating, one of my um, memories was trying to find things that matched my skin tone. Because mostly Caucasian or lighter skinned people playing sports like that. So the clothing that was designed to have like an invisible neckline or something, Mm -hmm. it would be much too pale for my skin tone or even like tights. 
and like the types in figure skating specifically the types that go over your skates uh they're supposed to be like a seamless transition with your skin tone and then go over it but it was hard to find anything that was dark enough because it's a minority for um black people to be in sports like that so it wasn't it like a huge thing that made me feel like excluded but it definitely was something that started to make me think like oh is this like something that will be an issue later on for Rose I guess for you in particular was your height was yeah, a thing yeah that was another right. thing uh she she's six foot six five eleven and like a half so basically proud of that height <laughs> yeah and so I think the the natural like during conversations people would just assume like you know tall people played basketball like, do you play basketball so it was like, always a, like oh how tall are you do you play basketball and that was one of the reasons to why she we like oh, okay well you always get asked this Might question well to start saying yes <laughs> yeah and they think that it's like the first time that you've been asked that question too, yeah. right? okay. <laughs> And and also for us culturally, like uh, the popular sports that you see is uh, soccer, soccer, right? So, and basketball, like it's a black thing, but more of like a black American, African American yeah. thing. So, it was more like you would see people that looked like you in those sports mm-hmm. than in other sports. So, like you know, track and field also that that was. The, the same, but like Ori said, when she was doing ballet, when she was figure skating, she it was more like you don't see people that look like you. But I don't we, even think there was anyone black in any of my uh, clubs that I really knew. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's not like it's frowned on. It's just that people are not. Uh, they don't think about it. Like you know. As, and especially for immigrant parents, when you're new uh, in town, you're, you're still trying to, you know, settle down, find work. And so supporting your kids in sporting activities might take the back burner because you, you're surviving first before mm-hmm. you start thinking of, oh, okay, I need to put my kids in this. The other challenge that we had also culturally was from knowing when to sign her kids up so like she she said like she started mm-hmm. playing basketball when she was in grade eight when i started in school in like grade seven or something yeah. but only was signed up formally in like grade eight so she was competing with people that had been playing the games forever for us we we, we had dabbled into different sports because so we wanted them to develop the skill that other parents that are, grew up in this culture would have that skill and would teach or pass on to their children naturally mm-hmm. but because we didn't have that we had to sign them up like what are we good at what yeah so by doing that they lost time so by the time we decided that we want basketball to be that sport that they would specialize in it was a little bit too late for her not so much for her brother and so she she struggled as a result of that because she was competing with people that had been playing sports for years and with each other even for years like they grew up on one team all together especially with clubs in basketball in alberta right you have so many clubs that have been together Mm -hmm. before middle school and then into high school and then into university potentially for varsity sports you're 100 percent right that's it's a huge, huge advantage. Yeah, yeah, I see that all the time now because club sports are so popular across Canada, but mm-hmm. especially at the high school level, if you're at a school where maybe, you know, some kids don't play club, you can definitely tell the difference. It's harder for those kids to, 
you know, like you say, catch up and just catch up, not only physically and skill wise, but even socially, like connecting yourselves to those groups. It's tough. Yeah, because you're breaking into friend groups yeah. that have known each other for a long time. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like, uh, Wura, you're such a great like role model for your daughter and, and your son. Um, you know, you're confident in yourself and I just, I love your fiery spirit. <laughs> I'm just wondering for you, uh, Ore, like, have you had any, besides your mom and your dad, like, have you had any role models or coaches in sport that have really impacted you and left an impression on you? Yes. Um, so for in basketball, we have a family friend. I, I basically just call her auntie because of like cultural things. You call anyone that's family friend auntie. But um, yeah, so she was the one who really like encouraged me to join the specific basketball club that I did. And like I had known her growing up and she worked with me for like the summer before I started playing games and such. She um, would come over like every week and we would do like basic skills like dribbling and like shooting and she taught me how to do like layup properly. And um, she really helped dedicate the time to help me get the foundation I would need to be successful in places like that. And I found that um, through her help and encouragement, because she was also a coach there specifically, that it really helped the transition because I had someone I could ask questions and not be embarrassed if I didn't want to ask in front of everyone. I'm like, if I didn't know something that seems to be straightforward. Mm. And she just gave me the support I really needed in the beginning to thrive in basketball. That's awesome. Well, or how did that connection, I guess, impact your desire or journey to continue with sport, like having someone that's same culture as well yes yeah was that pretty key how did that affect you um i felt that it definitely gave me the encouragement i needed like one thing that i found funny was that since i would always call her auntie switching to um coach during um uh, basketball was was always really interesting to me. I'd always be like, "Oh, hey, Auntie," and she'd be like, "You don't need to call me Auntie. I'm only like a few years older than you." <laughs> <Just call me." laughs> uh, but yeah, like her support was so um, helpful. I feel like if it wasn't for that, and for my parents basically forcing me to continue for the first little bit, I don't know if I would have stuck to it because it is really tough to connect with that group. Because they were all like really close friends for the past like five years and they all played on the same team. And um, so even on the, the first practice we had, she's like, hey guys, this is Ore. Like, I'm sure you'll all like get to know her well. And she made sure that I was acquainted with everyone. And it was really nice to have that sort of connection. Yeah, the role of coaches is so much more than just someone you see once a week. Sometimes it's once a day. Sometimes it's, you know, multiple times. But you have this figure that's speaking life and encouraging you and pushing you beyond, you know, your limits that you didn't even know were possible. And whether that leads to opportunities in the given sport that you're in, it is so transferable to life, whether that's accounting or ballet or, or whatever that may be. So I, I always think that's a really cool message to remember. What's one thing you would say maybe to a, a new Canadian family that is wanting to get into sport, but no idea like where to start. So knowing the challenges and knowing the barriers, how would you advise or support families looking to get involved? I would say start early. <laughs> That's definitely um, an advantage that it helps to uh, level the playing ground because 
for us, we dabbled into so many uh, sports before we decided on what to play. So, and I understand because kids, they would go to school and learn that their friends is uh, playing piano, so they want to play piano. <laughs> or they're doing this sport, so they want to do. So for a while, we, we tried different things. Uh, but I found that uh, around age 12, mm -hmm. things change. People focus. So if you're going to do that, you can try whatever. But come age 12, you want to focus on what you want your kids to, to be doing. The other thing is that you want to like know your child. Like It's very easy for you to see other family, friends doing this and you want to do it. But your child may not necessarily be gifted. Like I said, my son is really fast. And so we saw that as like, it's a skill. What sport would we find that useful in? If we had focused on swimming, maybe that wouldn't have been helpful for him. But mm -hmm. being fast, we saw that like it would be useful in playing basketball. The other thing also is like, as, as a parent, develop an interest in it to mm. learn the language, learn how you can help your child. If it's something that you can take up yourself as a parent, do it so that outside of practices and games, you can play that as a family. We found that some of the things that we learned uh, that our kids do, we've been able to do that uh, as a family. When we go on vacation, we can mm -hmm. we can go swimming together instead of just sitting by the pool and watch our kids swim in the swimming pool. So or like he and dad would go play horse out on the basketball court. Yeah, yeah. And also to make time, like I said earlier, uh, most times uh, as a new uh, Canadian, you maybe beginning your career all over again, mm. and it's very difficult to find time. Your kids being involved in sport is time consuming. Mm -hmm. You would have to drive them. Sometimes you have to go to out of town games mm -hmm. and developing relationships with uh, other people, like other parents on the team. You can couple. You don't necessarily have to go to every game. You can couple. Or between you, uh, if it's a two uh, parents uh, home, you can have one parent focus on. You know, taking kids that where the other person focus on their career okay. or you know it doesn't have to be a set rule that it's the mom that takes the kids to a game sometimes that that can, ballet dads too yeah, for example <laughs> dads drive minivans too yes <laughs> yeah. um develop the network that can help support you and your child uh, in your journey in uh, being involved in sports in canada that network is so key to during, you know, while your kids are playing sport, but even beyond playing sports. I know for me, after I finished playing, I guess, organized sports at the University of Alberta, I remember my coach sitting me down and saying, like, stay connected to your network. And, you know, as a young kid, I didn't think too much of it. But now reflecting back, I see how important that network has been for me. Like when I moved from Edmonton back to Vancouver, I got my job through my basketball network. Like I connected with an old coach and I just said, you know, I'm looking for a teaching position. I've been away for 12 years. So I feel a little bit disconnected. And she said, okay, you need to talk to this person and this person. And I think that network that you build can bring so much opportunity. But yeah, I remember that was one of my greatest learnings to stay connected to your network. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's such a good message and point, especially to this context, like we're talking about new Canadian families coming to Canada and 
being so overwhelmed with all the realities of life and language and cultural barriers and trying to find a job and working in a job that a lot of the times isn't the same position that may have been in in a country of origin. And that can be difficult. And I think that message of, okay, hey, stay connected to that network where sport actually becomes an immediate network builder, bridge builder, where it's like, it doesn't have to be this additional thing where you're driving kids or driving your kid to practices and games and tournaments, but it's actually that process can assist in the transition, right? And really support with people that are doing that together. I mean, countless road trips and minivan commutes to those morning practices. <laughs> exactly, right? And, you know, all the parents got their coffees at the local weekend tournaments. And, yeah. you know, like, there's so many people there that you realize are from, I think, similar backgrounds and similar stories, mm-hmm. especially in the city, right? So, oh, man. Um, Ori, we'll have to hear from you here just about what would you say to, you know, a new Canadian family that's coming to Canada and what to encourage maybe participation in sport? Mm-hmm. Oh, I would definitely say, like, just get started like there are so many things that could be seen as like a barrier or that are really difficult in the beginning but like where the challenges like exist when you're starting they pay off and become so rewarding later on in life Mm. and there are so many experiences that have been so valuable for me that I've gotten from playing sports that I wouldn't have otherwise and people I've met and things I've done and memories I've made that I'll cherish for like the rest of my life. So I would definitely encourage people to like stick with it, even though it can be tough, especially if you start later, that um, you can still find your way into the culture, the sports culture in the group and that it can be really rewarding. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think the other thing that may be a barrier for people is like the cost. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. there are programs that are not necessarily like club based, like community based um, spots that can be uh, a cheaper alternative for people that uh, financial needs may be a reason for them not being involved in. So that can be an alternative that you know families can explore mm-hmm. instead of uh, signing up for clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found that it can even open up more opportunities in the future to like save financially. Like I know a lot of friends I have now because they um, are so good at basketball or volleyball and all these things. They have been recruited by universities. I know someone who's going to Vanderbilt to swim um, next year. And I know other people have been recruited by UBC, University of Alberta, all these places. And like some of them are are just going to going to school for free. Uh So like this opportunity to like play sports is like opened up the rest of like their lives up for them. Uh And um, they can continue to play and then they can also get their education at the same time, which is really valuable. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to have your education paid for. That's a huge bonus. It is. Or I don't know, like, because I've never seen you play basketball, or if you have the opportunity to play beyond high school, but where do you see kind of sport in your life as you transition to the next phase in your life? Um, For the next phase of my life, um, I see sports more as a way for me to connect with other people, Mm. whether that's going to make new friends over playing sports or um, like talking about the way we like shared experiences we might have had from our childhoods in the past. 
I feel like it'll be a great way to bring me closer to other people and especially when you're going to potentially like a new place and have a completely new sort of experience that you'll have to navigate it'll be something that can bring us together and it's also been something I'll definitely keep in mind for my future children which I know is like a while away (laughs) but um, definitely something I'd want them to experience as well because I've gotten so much out of it. That's great. To like stay healthy. It's a fun way to like stay active and to keep my health up. And I definitely see myself playing sports for my foreseeable future. Do you see yourself trying any different sports that maybe like I know you've played a lot of basketball you've done a little bit of figure skating do you see yourself maybe as you get older just trying different sports just to try something new yeah there's so many um sports that I've always wanted to try like I have like a bucket list of different things I want to do but I'd love to do more like water sports in the future like I'd love to learn how to surf and like stand up paddleboarding and all those ideas and I think it'll definitely open up lots of opportunities to experience lots of new things that I'll appreciate oh that's that's so cool that's um just there's there's just so much there that's been really enlightening to listen to you both talk about and your your shared experiences I think unpacking this theme as movement as language and you see that in so many ways where from the challenges that you mentioned coming in to this country and jumping into all these different sports and learning how to swim and learning how to ride a bike and learning how to skate and that leads to this connection in with families and with friends and with people that you played with throughout the way. So it's really exciting. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us and your stories. And uh, yeah, we just really, really appreciate your presence here. Any last words, Car? No, I just really enjoyed hearing your story, Wura specifically coming from Nigeria and just kind of the steps you took and this, the confidence you had in yourself. I just thought that was so cool to hear. And Ori, I'm, again, just excited for your future. I think you have a bright future ahead of you. And it was really cool to hear how sports has impacted you. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. It's been a fun experience. Lots of fun. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the pod class, School Sport for All. Thanks to Matthew Wood for composing and performing the theme music. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at EverActiveAB, on Facebook at EverActiveSchools, or visit our website everactactive.org for more great content and resources. Until next time, the the podcast podcast is is dismissed. dismissed.